0: Orange Brigade. A MX Network production. This is the Rocky Mountain ATV MC Kiefer Tested podcast, the podcast you come to for the straight insight on all things motocentric, hard parts, bikes, gear, suspension. Motor mods and more. It's Keeper Tested. Here he is, Chris Keeper. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in. This is the Rocky Mountain ATVMC.com Tested Podcast presented by Fly Racing and Race Tech. Rocky Mountain is the trusted online source for parts, accessories, gear for dirt bikes, side by sides, ATVs, and street bikes. Low prices, unparalleled customer service, and free three-day shipping over 75 bucks. So easy to see why you guys should be shopping over there right now. But before you do, click on testing.com and then go to that RockyMountainATVMC.com banner, and then do your shopping. That helps us out on the back end, lets them know you're listening to the podcast. And hopefully, just hopefully, one day we will get that discount code out to you guys. But nonetheless... It helps us, it lets them know that you're listening, you like this podcast, and they're going to keep on advertising with us. So thank you guys that have done that. I've got lots of emails saying that you have, so I really appreciate it. And of course, I appreciate you guys spending your money with these advertisers on this show. So thank you. And of course, Racetech, I'm going to do a little different this time, Racetech, racetech Racetech.com. You want to get your suspension revalved, serviced? Or how about some engine services? You want a little bit more juice out of that engine? Hit up Racetech.com. Email me, Chris, at keferinktesting.com, And I will get you in contact with Chris over there at Racetech. Get you guys a discount code. And, of course, get you guys on a better handling and quicker machine. Racetech.com. Check them out. Last, certainly not least, fly like an eagle. FlyRacing.com. Go check them out for everything from your helmet, goggles, gear, boots, whatever it is. Fly Racing has it. Even got really cool women gear. I actually got a set of women gear that I have been wearing. It's white. Of course, you guys know I'm about that life. It actually fits really good. I'm not going to lie. So I don't have an ass. It may or may not work that great in women's gear. But nonetheless, I'm wearing it. You wouldn't even know it is. So if you're a guy... Check it out too. If you're a girl, check them out. They got really cool colors. It fits well. I even got Heather a set of gear for when she rides. She doesn't ride a lot, but when she does, she's gonna be decked out in fly racing gear. So go check them out. Flyracing.com. Mountain bike, dirt bike, casual, snow, whatever. They got it for you. You know what this podcast is about? Mmm. It's the Edish Factory Edish. KTM 450 SXF Factory Edition, 2020.5 edition. It's only February, but we're here. That's right. We're talking factory editions, new bikes. Man, it's sexy. I posted up a photo today over on racerxonline.com and, of course, Kiefer ink testing. Holy crap, that thing is good looking. Dallas Dunn is my photographer. He knows how to make a bike look sexy, but nonetheless, even without Dallas... That thing is a great-looking machine. Orange is my favorite color. Has been since I was little. And now that you have an orange frame, an orange rear fender, and all the little tidbits that the factory edition comes with, oh, whew, sexy. What's that Rod Stewart song? If you like my body, come. That song right there. If you think I'm sexy. Orange is hot. It's awesome. So, yeah, we rode that sucker today. Last week we did the Rockstar Edition. There is some differences, guys. So pump the brakes on the hate right now before you say, oh, it's the same thing. I listened to the Rockstar Edition. There are some differences on the track. Hopefully the other media out there has given you those differences as well. But we're here to talk about how it was at Glen Helen today. Rode pretty much from 9 a.m. to almost 3 o'clock. Yes, you can go to racerxonline.com. I think tomorrow the video will be up. So you'll hear me rapping about the bike, the changes, what they did, how it works. But if you guys prefer the podcast route, that's why we're here. Maybe you'll get some extra tidbits that you didn't get in the 10-minute video over on racerxonline.com. We are just trying to cover all the bases over here so that way you guys get all your information. You can go to pulpmx.com and read about it as well. So, really busy over here in the office today and the studio trying to get all the information out to you guys. If you guys are looking to get a new KTM. Please listen to the advertisements. There is a dealership that hooks us up. If you guys want to hook up on a KTM, hit me up, Chris at testing.com. I will get you in contact with the guy to get your KTM through the dealership. Go check them out. They're very good. I'm going to let you guys, I'm not even going to say the name right now because I want you to listen to the advertisements. So I'm going to lure you in. But nonetheless, it's in there. Listen to it. They do a great job. They pump out a ton of KTMs, and they back this podcast, so they must be badass people. So thank you guys for uh, joining me. I'm stoked in the studio right now. I've got a bunch of paperwork. Let's do it. Bunch of paperwork right here to talk about notes, what changes on the KTM were made, and how they worked at Glen Helen. I've been at Glen Helen a lot lately, and it's a great track to uh, test this thing at, I think, because of at least for Southern California purposes, if there's a bike that works really good at Glen Helen everywhere, it's going to be pretty damn good. I'm going to have to say, even when I had a setting at Glen Helen, when I used to work at Yamaha way back in 2009, I went back East and it worked really good back East. So Glen Helen is a great baseline setting to get your bike set up and feeling cozy everywhere. So Take this podcast for what it's worth. I put about uh, 1.8 hours on the bike today. It's a first impression to give you guys a little bit of background on this bike. So what did they change on this bike? 2020 Red Bull KTM factory racing graphics. you got to mention that. Remember the days when you couldn't even get a Red Bull sticker or a Red Bull hat? You had to really know someone or be a Red Bull athlete to get that kind of shit. Well, now... Red Bull has eased up a little bit. They put their graphics on this factory edition with the big number one. It looks really, really sexy. I like the Red Bull logo. It looks cool. Would I wear that kind of stuff around the house or outside? No, but it looks good on a motorcycle. I'm not scared to run it. It looks nice. Honestly, I like the stock aesthetics of this factory edition. I would run this kind of graphic year round, honestly. And even though Red Bull ain't giving me shit, I just think it looks pretty cool. So, um, New Henson clutch cover, no, it is not a Henson inside that thing. It is smoke and mirrors on the outside. It looks cool. It has that mag look. It just looks factory. Updated suspension that we will talk about. And of course, new ECU mapping that we will be discussing as well. Also on the factory edition, it has machine triple clamps. It's anodized in orange. Very nice touch. And it's the hard part style clamp. It's not the neck end style standard production clamp. It's a little bit different. That clamp is a little bit softer. has a little bit more feel on the front end. We'll discuss that. Factory start for the front fork. You guys can have a start device right from the ground up. Orange frame, composite skid plate, a Kropovich slip-on muffler. It's not a full system. Just a slip on factory DID dirt star wheels, factory seat with Sella Dalla Valle. I don't know how to say that. Sella Dalla Valley. Hopefully, I say that right. That is the factory seat. Very, holy shit, guys. It, man, your ass is going to get ate up. It eats my ass up. It keeps me in place. But if I ride all day with that grip, holy shit, man, it eats me up. So it does the job. You guys are a little sensitive in your ass region, might want to have a backup seat cover because that's going to do a number on it, all right? And your wife's going to be pissed. She's going to be like, why is your ass sore? Well, honey, my seat cover's really gnarly. It's really aggressive. Okay, not my wife. She's not aggressive. This seat cover is aggressive. So just note that. Semi-floating front disc, front brake disc guard, and of course, an orange rear sprocket. So the, the key points here are the suspension changes as well as the ECU mapping, just like the Husqvarna. But on the track, how do these things work? We're going to explain this a little bit. I really want to break down the fork, at least the fork changes and a key component to the rear shock area. So back in the day, I'll tell me. I'm going to tell you a little story. I used to uh, test for KTM. 2003, 2004, 2005. I was a test rider at KTM. We uh, This was right when the 250 SXF was starting to launch. Before it came out, I was part of that testing process, going over to Europe, going to Austria, going to Italy, and testing the, the 250F four-stroke. We had problems with sticky fork seals. Our fork felt harsh because our seals were sticky. It had a lot of friction. So, What KTM did several years later, they went to an SKF fork seal, less friction, smoother action, and just an overall better feeling on the track. Well, now they went to an SKF seal in this linkage system. So the seals that have the knuckle and the rod, you're moving up and down on the bike. So if you grab that knuckle and those rods and you move them, Man, the SKF seals are very, very free-feeling compared to last year or 2020 standard uh, production. It is a little bit more of a drag, has more friction. It doesn't move as freely. So right then and there, you're getting better movement and better comfort just from having less friction. Yes, anything that moves on your bike or pivots, if it has friction, it's going to feel a little bit sticky or harsh. More so on the harsh feeling side if you're a rider. That's what I related to out on the track. So if you can create less friction with these seals in the linkage, you're going to have already, before I even ride this thing, I'm going to already probably know this is going to be a freer feeling, less harsh rear end under load. That's what I felt in the track. So we'll explain that too. On the fork, I'm going to read what they did here. So they updated the fork a new oil bypass in the outer tube. So on the dampening leg to reduce pressure peaks, it's a 10 millimeter longer bypass in the air leg. They're trying to improve initial comfort, a.k.a. spring fork guys. I don't know if the WP guys like when I talk about if they're trying to make their AER fork similar in feeling to a spring fork. But nonetheless, that's the market. They're listening. They make the best air fork out there, WP does. They're the only manufacturer right now, I'm sorry, KTM is the only manufacturer right now that is actually keeping with, and Husqvarna, sorry, with the air fork technology. So, WP is really trying to hone in and push on comfort. That was the downside on this air fork. Initially, that little top of the stroke just was stiff feeling. Just never had a really good sensation. It was harsh and and then once you broke through that crust, you guys, you know, you've heard this, you know, line before, the crust, it, it it was a little bit better, but then you had a mid-stroke harshness. So WP is really working hard to try to help that initial touch, that front end feeling, so you don't have that vague pushy kind of feel when you're leaning your KTM into the into the corners. Uh, it has a smaller rebound. Spacer that increases air volume in the negative chamber for a more linear spring curve. That also is going to give you a little bit more dampening feel and trying to gain some more control. There is a new hand adjuster on the bottom of the fork for the rebound adjustment. The, there's a new elastomer in-stop, replaces the hydro stop to reduce the weight and complexity of that system. A new air piston and, of course, a new mid-valve. What does that all mean? I've talked to several suspension, um, aftermarket suspension companies, and they really say that this new design opens up a lot of doors for them to improve the control and dampening feel when riders want to get a revalve. That's important. So to me, I don't know about you guys, but if you get a, a standard production machine Chances are high you're going to valve it or do something for your weight. Maybe you guys are listening you don't fuck with anything. You just leave it alone. That's still great news because you're getting a better overall system in that air fork to help control and comfort. Those are the two things that we need as riders. We need control and we need comfort to go fast. So WP is really working hard to get this air fork to be I guess to try to really match up to these spring fork um, competitors. Look, I'll be the first one to admit it. I am not an air fork guy, but I need to cut WP some slack a little bit, I feel like, this year. I'm really going to try to work hard on keeping an air fork on my test bike, work with it. If that means I have to valve it, I want to try to do that this year. I want to try to keep an air fork on this bike and see if I can live with it and be happy, have some lean angle traction, and have an overall comfort feel through a longer moto to see if this thing actually is going to be the, the, the key to, to making myself turn the page and really accept air fork technology. It's tough, guys. I'm older. I'm stuck in my ways. I know what I like, and I I get a lot of that from older riders. He's like, hey, man, this is what I like. Don't fuck with me, Kiefer. I like what I like. Don't try to push something on me that is new and I don't want to screw with. So my job as a test guy is to really try to make this thing work, give that feedback to you guys, and see if it's worth a shit. So I'm really going to try to work on this WP Air Fork and uh, try to get a comfortable setting and then ride with it long enough to see if it keeps that control over a longer moto. So kudos for WP for trying and pushing the envelope and sticking by what they've been doing for a little while. I, I talk to the WP guys a lot. I've been around KTM many years. Like I said, I was a test rider. And a lot of people said back in the day, oh, never going to go to a linkage. Never going to go to a linkage. Nope. KTM's never going to do it. Well. They went to a linkage. You know, PDS is still around on their off-road side, but the linkage is on the MX side and it's working, right? I've really never had a huge issue with KTM's shock. I felt like the stock shock was pretty damn good. Even when I went to a WP track system, yes, the tracks was a little bit better and it was better in performance, but honestly, This stock shock is pretty damn good. The only negative to this shock is it does fade if you push it because it gets hot and you lose some control. So, But for a production shock and comfort on that side, it's very good. Um, So let's start off by talking about how this thing worked in the engine department at Glen Helen. ECU settings are important. It's four-stroke technology. We're... 2020, people, ECUs are very important. You hear me talking about them on the Vortex Ignition side, remapping your ECU. KTM had dirty ECU settings last year. I was like, hey, you need to get it reflashed, remapped by Jamie over at Twisted Development. Well, now we got some ECU settings that are badass. This new ECU settings... Um, that are shared, and I will say this, that are shared between Husqvarna and KTM, wake up this bike a little bit. Some of you guys say, hey, man, I don't like the KTM because it's a little lethargic. It feels lazy. It doesn't have an exciting feel. Well, now, with your MAP switch on your handlebar, MAP1 is way better than last year's ECU setting. has more excitement. has more pull and actually has a little bit more overrev. Now you go to MAP2, even more excitement down low, crisper throttle response, and a better mid-range pulling power. It doesn't pull as far on map two on the top end as it does in map one, but now I'm like, wow, this new ECU, ECU setting woke up this bike a little bit, makes it feel even a little bit lighter, and allows me to pull second gear really long down the straightaway. Let's talk about that a little bit. I'm wired to run third gear. You hear me talking about the magic gear on this podcast. Third gear, everybody. Run it. It's a magic gear. Everyone's going to be in third gear. It's tough to be in that gear when you're a KTM owner in corners. If you're trying to roll third gear, you really got to be really fast or have a good engine to pull third gear. At times, I can do it depending on the corner, but unlike where the Kawasaki and the Yamaha pull third gear very well with a little bit of clutch work, the KTM struggles in that area. Now, with this ECU setting, I still have to run second gear in the corners, okay? That is something I have to wire myself into when I get on this bike. I'm going to leave this sucker in second through the corner and let that orange beast eat out of that corner, in second gear, down the straightaway for a very long time. Way longer than I could on a Kawasaki or a Yamaha. Because this <laughs> this KTM, guys, I'm laughing because I, I think it's insane how far this second gear pulls. I talked to a couple guys from the race, race team, and obviously they, they probably have different gear ratios, but these dudes on the start are leaving this bike in second gear all the way down the straightaway and not shifting. Chances are why those guys, KTM, a.k.a. Cooper Webb, is getting fairly good starts because they don't got to make a shift to third gear. Similar for us you know, normal dudes out there, Weekend Warrior guys. Let that second gear pull a long time. Don't try to shift so early. Let it rev out. This bike likes to be revved out like a KTM 250F. Frankly, that's just how it likes it. It likes to be in the upper range. That's KTM's... Engine character feel. If you learn to ride it like that, you'll be rewarded. I'm a smoother type of guy. I like to ride smooth. When I ride smooth, I'm very fast and I can really click off laps really well. When I try to push at times, ride aggressive, it doesn't always work for me. But for whatever reason, when I ride aggressive on this bike, this bike rewards me because I like to rev it. And it likes to be ridden that way. So if you are thinking about purchasing a KTM and you're coming off a Japanese bike, learn to let this bike rev out a little bit more than usual. I know sometimes it might take a little bit of you know, of brain space to remember that when you're on the track. But really focus in on letting second gear pull a long time. And then once you shift to third gear, honestly... That thing pulls forever. I don't think I'd ever use fourth gear. I I used fourth gear one time trying to go up the hill at Glen Helen, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to leave it in third because it's so long. It's so usable. I'm, I'm, I want to have less work, so I'm going to leave it in third gear. So, yes, KTM did a better job with their ECU settings to wake up this bike a little bit. Is it as snappy as a Honda? No. It doesn't have more control than a Honda? Absolutely. It has way more control, easier to ride. To me, getting in these corners is easier, done very well with the KTM versus the Honda. And you guys know how much I like a Yamaha. To me, in and out of this corner, I got some photos today from Dallas Dunn. Man, I can really lay in these corners at Glen Helen on this KTM because of how much feel I have and how easy it is to control with that engine character. Again, there's something to be said. I really want to say this, too. And maybe you guys out there are like me a little bit. I seem to ride better when I don't have as much horsepower. So let's think about this for a second. A 450, got a shit ton of power, right? Honda, shit ton of power. Yamaha, shit ton of power. Kawasaki, not as much as those two, but still has got a lot of snap and excitement. I like to use the word dead. So when you get on the KTM, it's almost a little bit of a, not like a hesitation, but just like a little dead roll-on acceleration feel. And what that does, it allows me to be more aggressive and roll the throttle on harder to feel more connected inside of these corners. I like that. I've come to the conclusion I like a slower building RPM engine. Every time I ride one, I'm like, what the fuck have I been doing all this time? I like this. But then I, you know, I get lured back when I get on a Yamaha, and it's like, ooh, oh, so much excitement. I love this. Wah, wah. I'm like, oh, yeah. But when I do back-to-back lap times, it proves I ride better when I have a slower-building RPM engine character. Plain and simple. And I know some of you guys on the East Coast may not like that because you got soft, tacky dirt. But give that a shot at some point in time. If you have a buddy that has a KTM, give yourself 15 to 20 minutes of moto and see if you feel better in the corners because it has a little bit less excitement, especially for guys that are not in shape. If you're not in shape, dude, you don't need all that freaking power. It's going to get you tired, and you're going to blow corners. You're going to mess up corners. You might nail one or two. That's great. But what about nailing all those corners on the track? That's where time is made up, and I think that's where controllability, connected to the rear wheel, that's what this engine does on this factory edition. It does provide you a little bit more engine response than last year. It feels more connected and a little bit broader. Is it as good as putting a Vortex ECU on? No. But it is similar to getting your ECU reflashed if you're a 2020 owner, just standard owner. It does feel like that. I got excitement now, and it pulls. So, to me, kudos to KTM for realizing they had a dirty ECU setting. It wasn't working. They really improved on that. I think some of that had to do with some of us media out there complaining about it, and we had a day where we uh, went out and did some ECU settings with KTM. KTM brought out all of us media guys to try an ECU setting, and I think we all agreed upon one. This may be that setting. So, good job on that. I approve of that engine. Again, linear power, easy to ride, typical KTM style. Every time I ride this bike, it gets me excited to ride because I feel like I can actually push on this motorcycle. Let's focus on the suspension now. Again, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit you guys and say the suspension is amazing because we had a fairly smooth Glen Helen track. It was a private day. It wasn't your normal GH Thursday at 4.30 type of day. We did get some bumps, but It wasn't anything where I'm like, holy shit, this section sucks. I like having those type of sections where I'm like, oh my god, this is brutal. Because that shows me what this chassis and suspension is going to do. We didn't have those type of conditions today. So I will continue to put time on it to try to get some of those conditions. Especially from my home up here in the high des. Plenty of rough tracks to really dissect this suspension. But I can give you a little bit of a, a character feel of how this suspension is. I had a little bit of pitching sensation um, this year with this fork. I do notice that it does break through that crust easier which in return makes the fork move and dive a little bit more. But again, I'm a front end steering guy. I like feeling. I will take that soft feeling over harsh any day. I don't get a big harsh spike in the mid stroke anymore. It seems to be smooth all the way through the stroke. So Stock bar is 10.9, okay? That's the air setting, 10.9. Another little note before I get sidetracked here. I am getting sidetracked right now. There is a sticker that KTM puts on their fork that covers their complete range. I I think that's bitching. It shows you on the sticker where every bike that they have where the stock air pressure reading should be. That's very cool. If you have a homie. You're at the pit, so you're off-roading, and you see this sticker. You're like, hey, man, I don't know where to put my air. You got the sticker on your fork. Very cool. It's ingenious. I like it. Simple things that make me happy. That's simple. So, again, the fork is diving. I put 11.2 bar in it. It held up, but you guess what? It didn't get harsh. Unlike previous years, AER stuff, where I raised the air pressure, it got harsh. Didn't like that. Now, Not as a harsh feeling with this new setting, the new mid-valve, the things that they're doing. So raising that fork up, I slowed the rebound down a little bit. I got a good balance. I could dive in these ruts. And sometimes when you get a rut, you have a hook in it or it gets a little bit of a hole where people start to accelerate late in the corner. Well, it doesn't dive. It doesn't give me that harsh feeling when I hit that hole. So there was some of that today at Glen Helen. I will say it does have more comfort, but I am not going to just jump into the this thing is the baddest fork ever waters yet. I just dipped I just, <laughs> I just. just my toe in a little bit. I'm dipping in there a little bit. I'm checking the waters out. I'm not sold on it yet, but I will say it is an improvement from last year. So I'll continue to put more time on it. But if you guys are over 170 pounds and you're getting your factory edition, Go up on your air pressure. Most likely you will need it. If you're lighter than that, I would say stick to stock readings, 10.9. But, again, I checked the readings, or I didn't. I shouldn't say I did. I had a WP rep check my readings later in the day. It only went up 0.1 to 0.2 bars throughout a five-hour session. So that's not bad. Again, a rule of thumb is go out and ride. Let's say you check your air pressure in the morning when you're on the track. You go ride. You do a warm-up. The fork is getting warm. Check your air pressure after that and set it again. And then it should be pretty damn good because you build up that that heat already, and it shouldn't change that much. That's what WP is trying to tell me. So I have been doing that, and it's been better. So just do it that way, and I think you guys will have a less um, fluctu- you know, fluctuation in your air pressure readings throughout the day. Um, with the shock, again, Those seals that they have, much better. Freer feeling, again, has more connection. I feel like I have a little bit more traction. Some square edge. I went out on another track that wasn't graded just to try some of that connection and that that traction out of a corner. Choppy ruts coming out. Man, that is a way better feeling with that. Just those seals, those SKF seals, man, they make a big difference. If you guys are a previous KTM owner... You want to get that? They sell those seals. There is a KTM part number. Simply go on to your local dealership Microfish or whatever. Rocky Mountain has a Microfish. Get those seals on the factory edition 2020, and you can put those in your your pull rods and your knuckle and get that feeling that I'm talking about. So kudos to those guys for noticing, hey, we had some friction in there, and this is a better feel. If you watch the Racer X online video, you will see – When I'm rocking those things back and forth, you'll notice how much freer the SKF stuff really is. So very cool. Also, I run about 105 millimeters of sag. I did go in three clicks on the compression. I left the high-speed compression alone. So three in on low speed, and I left the rebound stock. Again, initial impression. Didn't go deep into testing today. But just getting a feel of the bike, of course. You guys know me. I will dive deep in this, this son of a bitch here in the next couple of weeks. And we'll get some settings, some tips and tricks, and things like that. Uh, chassis feel. There's something to be said about a steel frame. I, I, I'm on board at times. I'm off of it at times. I like an aluminum frame. But, man, I will tell you one thing about a steel frame. It's comfortable to ride even though KTM switched to this stiffer overall frame back in 2018 on their factory edition, I can jump into bumps. Let's say I jump a landing. I can jump into those braking bumps, okay, and not have the chassis get upset like some aluminum frames do. I'm known to get a little bit tired and send it too hard, especially when the track has a wide-open section and then you have a jump, and then when you land, you might have a corner. I may have been known to jump a little long and land on those braking bumps. And that's one thing I've noticed about a KTM is it's calmer in that area. If there's a knuckle on the end of a jump where it's kind of has a like a little uh, kick to it, having this steel frame, it soaks up those bumps better. It never reacts too quick. I like that. Is the bike, I guess I want to say, the Hondas always really whip and turn good in the air. The KTM doesn't turn as good in the air. I don't... I've never really been able to whip a KTM as good as a Japanese bike. But man, as far as the bike being reactive to bumps, it's a slower feeling chassis that way. I like that. I don't mind it. A Honda is a quick turning, really reactive chassis, which gets me in trouble when I get tired. I like to set up my bike when I get tired (laughs) because, frankly, the shit's happening. You can't fight it. You're going to pay your taxes. And you're going to get fucking tired on a dirt bike. Those two things are inevitable. Trust me. So why not set up your bike for a calmer action for when you get tired? This is how the nature of this frame is. Same thing as the Husqvarna. But I feel like the Husqvarna has a softer feel because of the subframe and the swing arm differences. The KTM is a firmer feeling but is, to me, is less reactive. I have a little bit more of a wallow feeling on a Husqvarna where I don't have that on the KTM. So that is the difference for me between those two bikes. KTM, Husqvarna, they don't like to being compared. Well, I'm sorry. It's a mid-year model. You guys are having the same suspension, same ECU settings. I'm going to compare these fucking bikes. So I know you guys out there are listening and going, why can't Kiefer compare them? Well, I'm going to. So the swing arm differences and the subframe differences on this bike make for a little bit different ride. It's a little bit of a stiffer feel on the KTM. I feel like this bike, like I said, it doesn't move as much when I hit bumps. The Husqvarna is a little bit of a softer feel and does react a little bit more to bumps. So depending on what you guys like out there is which way you guys should go with the bike. I personally bought a Rockstar Edition because I like that softer setting because I was riding um, faster, gnarlier tracks. And I need a little bit more comfort. Hey, everybody, don't fret. It's just commercials. Very fun commercials at that. But support these guys. They help us out. Thank you guys for getting through these. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All-American Chevrolet in Colleen, Texas is a proud supporter of Keefer Inc. and invites everyone to experience the difference for all of your Chevy sales and service needs. Mention Kiefer Inc. and get 50% off your next oil change and a front-end alignment at no charge. Remember, whether you're hauling your bikes to the weekend track, trail, or race, or commuting to the job that pays for your moto habit, we have the truck to get you there in style. Visit us online anytime at chevykilleen.com. That's All-American Chevrolet of Colleen. Chevy, find new roads. FMF, fast mother bleep, nah, Flying Machine Factory, that's what it stands for, go to FMFRacing.com, you got a four stroke, two stroke, they've got what you need, trust me, older two stroke pipes and silencers, they have it, they still make them, you got a newer four stroke, you want some extra horsepower, they got that too, but most importantly, if you guys want to look cool at the track, maybe you want to make your chick look cool, you want to wear a cool hat or you're a two-stroke guy and you want a shirt that says mixing gas and hauling ass. Go to fmfracing.com. They got a whole merch section. Trust me. it's real. There's a lot of stuff over there. It looks pretty cool. So Kiefer Inc. 19 saved you some money on the merch. I suggest you go do it. I have a two-stroke shirt and I don't even wear freaking two-stroke shirts. That's how cool this thing is. So. Go to fmfracing.com. Save yourself some money. And, of course, if you have any problems, you have any concerns, hit me up, chris at kieferinktesting.com, and hopefully I can guide you in the right direction on FMF products. I know a lot about them, so trust me. They're good, quality built. There's even a guy back in the dyno room you probably never heard of. His name is George. He is a wizard. He is the one just grinding away, doing all of the dyno testing, Handing the the stuff off to me at times to test. He's a smart dude. FMFRacing.com. Go visit the site. It's a cool site. Go get some merch. Save yourself some money with Kiefer Inc. Thank you, guys. Just because you're older, guys, doesn't mean you should stop racing. Look, I'm 43 years old. I love racing. I love it. So there is a club, Old Timers MX. More importantly, Oregon Old Timers MX. There are some races happening that are fun. You get long motos, and you get to hang out with your buddies and go home happy. Your wife will be happy because you'll be happy. So do it. Arizona, Canyon MX Park, February 29th through March 1st. And then we got another one coming up, SoCal, Glen Helen. Oh, man, you know I'll be there. April 18th to the 19th. The whole schedule is up on OregonOldTimers.com. They go to Nevada, They go to Montana, they go to Washington, even British Columbia, even Hangtown. Go check them out, OregonOldTimers.com. And if you guys end up going to these races, the first five guys that sign up and list Kiefer Inc. testing as a sponsor, show me the proof on my email. I will reimburse your entry fee. The first five guys, that's right. That's how committed I am for you guys out there to go race. Don't be this old dude that sits at home and doesn't want to go ride, doesn't go race. Go do it. OregonOldTimers.com. Canyons coming up. Arizona and Glen Helen. I will see you guys at Glen Helen. First five guys, show me proof. Chris at com. I'll reimburse your entry forms. Crazy. Have you guys checked out BloodLubricants.com? If you haven't, B-L-U-D Lubricants.com. Go check them out. Three new series of oils, Blood Power Sport Series the Blood Racing Pro Series, and the Blood Racing Pro Elite Series. I have Michael Allen here with me. We've been doing two different types of oils in our test bike. Mike has been doing the Blood Power Sport Series. Everything going good there? Everything's going good. I use it in all our test bikes, the ones that I prep and maintain, and uh, it runs a little cooler than production oils, and uh, I know you've done some testing with that. Yeah, so basically before Jeff and the guys came on board, I had to check legitimacy of this stuff um, because I didn't want no crap involved in keyframe testing. Um, honestly, tried it, was very surprised about the oil, did some temperature readings. It was a little over 30 degrees cooler in my YZ450F compared to some other oils I've been running. So the stuff is good. They sponsor over 250 racers from Enduro, Enduro Cross, Hair Scrambles, UTVs, Supercross now. They got some Supercross guys. So go check them out, bloodlubricants.com. Use the discount code Kiefer, and get some percentage off your oils. They'll ship them to you. Probably get a hat or two. You know, Jeff's a good dude. Go check him out. Bloodlubricants.com ScreenPrintingDone.com You guys looking to make up some shirts, hoodies, or hats with a logo on it? Or maybe you want a logo made up for your business and you want to transfer that over to some t-shirts? Go to ScreenPrintingDone.com Neil over there is a writer. He owns the company. He is a rad human being. And he is here to hook you guys up. Order 12 shirts and get 10 for free. They have all different kinds of shirts, hoodies, hats, different fabrics, all different kinds of stuff. Go hit them up screenprintingdone.com, tell them Kiefer sent you and get 10 free shirts. Be sure to say Kiefer. That's right, Kiefer and screenprintingdone.com. Go check them out. Thanks Neil. Firepowerparts.com. Excellent batteries, longer life. They're great batteries. I have them in all my test bikes. And, hey, they make chains, very good chains. My chain on my YZ450F is about 12 hours deep, still good. And, of course, they have oil too. Firepowerparts.com. They keep adding new products to their line. So go check out the website. It's very cool, firepowerparts.com. Hey, you guys looking to get a KTM? You want to get the best price on one? Carson City Motorsports is Northern Nevada's largest KTM and Husqvarna dealership. That's right, Husqvarna's as well. They have the largest KTM and Husqvarna inventory around with their new 10,000-square-foot vehicle showroom, making it easy to find whatever you are looking for. Head over to Carson City Motorsports. It's the only Northern Nevada Arctic Cat dealership as well. And, of course, mention my name and get a special deal on either a KTM, Arctic Cat, or a Husqvarna. Hit me up over at Chris at and I'll get you in touch with the guys over at Carson City Motorsports and get you down the road with a new motorcycle. Hey, did you crash? Or maybe you're just looking for a different handlebar bend. Go to Protaper.com and go look at the Evo and Fusion line handlebars. I run the Fusion on the KTM 450 and I run the Evo on the YZ450F. Doesn't matter what you are. You like crossbars? You don't want a crossbar? Pro Taper has it. They got grips, dude. They got some nice soft grips. I'm a half waffle soft guy. Greatest grips ever. Go check them out. The Race Cut grips. Come on. I am a SX Race Evo and Fusion guy. So go check them out. ProTaper.com. And if you guys are wondering about handlebar dimensions, go to keyforinktesting.com. There's a complete article on which handlebar dimension is best for your bike. Go search around. It's a fun article. keyfring Testing, it's a great place to do it. You know what else is? ProTaper. ProTaper.com. Maybe you're at home or in the car and you listen to the Kiefer Tested podcast. Maybe you already own a home. Maybe you're looking to purchase. You know what? Rates are down, so maybe you should try refinancing now. I know Heather and I just did. You can pull cash out, debt consolidation, or... Maybe you just need some credit score advice. Deal with a professional that has been in the business for 25 years. Dude. And this guy rides. He's a good dude. Zach Morris. No, not saved by the bell, Zach Morris. He's licensed in California, Nevada, and Colorado. You can call or text Zach at Plum Creek Funding 720-212-4685. If you guys have any questions about Zach, hit me up, chris at keyforinktesting.com. Or just simply text him yourself, 720 212 4685 Plum Creek Funding. Zach Morris. Hit him up. Hey, thanks for listening. We are back with the show. See, it wasn't so bad, was it? It's about eight minutes of your life. It's not really that much. Support those guys. Thank you. Now, if I think I was racing and going to go ride these nationals, look like, like I'm going to, I am going to look at a KTM because I feel like it's not as reactive in bumps. So I am going to decide on which bike I'm going to race in the coming weeks for these first three nationals. It's either going to be a KTM or a Yamaha, and I'm going to be riding these things back-to-back. I will take you on that journey with me. I'm going to do a podcast on comparing those two bikes and why I feel comfortable on one and which bike I'm going to choose. I thought it would be something cool for you guys to listen to in case you were wondering which bike to buy, a Yamaha or a KTM. But these two bikes are the ones I feel like I can go the fastest on so I'm really going to dissect these these two bikes later on in the coming weeks at a few different tracks to see which one I'm going to go towards. Um, but kudos to, um, to KTM for having that kind of a chassis where it's a slower turning chassis. I always talk to Paul Parabinos, and we are agree we agree on this where we like a slower chassis feel and let our technique help us corner. Not everyone is blessed with that. I know some of you guys out there like, hey, man, I have trouble cornering. I need a sharp turning bike. I get it. But to me, the KTM is in the middle of the road. It's not the best. It's not the worst. It does it really good. It's very neutral and easy to maneuver. And when I get off of a Japanese bike and I get on this bike, holy shit does it feel light. That's the first thing I notice, man. I've been on a Honda and a Yamaha recently, and I just rode the Husqvarna last week. I get on these these two bikes, steel frame bikes, Dude, the weight differences are felt immediately. When I lean into a corner, I feel it. When I go over a jump, I feel it. Um, line direction changes, I feel it. What is it? Twelve pounds, maybe more. Differences between the Honda, the Yamaha, to these two bikes, dude. You feel that. I feel that. When I get tired, I feel like I can really ride fast on this KTM. And when I get tired, it's less work to push around. Again, lighter bike. Not that aggressive in the engine character department. To me, is a win-win for me. I'm 42 years old. I like that character. And if you guys want a little bit more juice, you can always do it. It's always easier to make a bike fast than it is to detune and make a chassis work. So, I've always told guys, hey man, you can make the engine run better. I had a Vet National bike that Jamie did at Twisted and it was freaking fast but still kept that same engine character. So, Man, I, I like a KTM a lot. Every time I get on one, I'm like, I appreciate how well it works. And it's a sneaky, fast engine. A couple of the media guys and I were talking today, and I'm like, yeah, man. They're like, I don't really know. It's, I feel like it's a 250F, a little bit faster, and I have to ride it hard. And I go, yeah, but it's if you do an inside line and jump a jump, and you have no problems with it, and then you hit this KTM, and you like, oh, man, it feels doggy. It feels like it's not snappy, and it's not as loud and you're jumping it just fine, possibly overclearing it, that's because you're connected. You have a rear-wheel traction that maybe you think you have on a louder, more aggressive bike, but you're breaking loose. So it takes more effort to control that. The KTM has a lot of control with its engine character design and, of course, the the chassis, how that that works. So um, very cool. Quick note here. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. I get excited when I talk about these things. Uh, the airbox has a bunch of holes in it. They offer uh, a left-side airbox cover that doesn't have them. I've ridden with both. Mid-range, you'll get more with the holes in the airbox. I used to think, hey, I'm going to get some more bottom-in with those holes, but I used the closed-off airbox, and I got more snap throttle response and bottom-in with the closed-off airbox. Mid-range to top in with the standard whole version. So depending on what you guys like, I'm just feeding that information out there to you guys so you guys know. Um, A couple cockpit things I want to talk about. Again, I don't really want to keep hating on the neck and handlebar. As this bike breaks in, I do notice more vibration, and that bar is not the most comfortable to me. I would look towards a Pro Taper Evo or that new Renthal Fat Bar 36. That takes away a lot of vibration, doesn't flex as much as a pro taper, but both of those bars are way better than that neck and bar. I don't mind the low bar. I look at photos of me riding, and I may be a little bit hunched a little bit and low, so I would like just a little bit of a higher bar. I won't go all Tyler Medaglia on you and get ape shit on bar heights and sweeps and all that stuff, but to me... High 80s in the height range height range is a good um, spec for you guys that are in between five, nine to six one. 87 millimeter in the height, a sweep. It's hard to find a sweep that between 52 to 56 but I really try to go in that direction and uh, so if you are a pro taper guy, look at a SX race or if you're a rental guy, go to that fat bar 36. 934 bend. I really like that bend a lot. So, those two bends I really enjoy. Again, the slip on Akropovich is a nice touch. It's a little bit quieter than the FMF. I will say the Husqvarna has a little bit more snap down low, unlike previous years, what was the other way around. Well, now FMF provides a little bit more low end hit. So, that's a preference for you guys out there, which what you want to do. But Akropovich, it's a little bit smoother, a little bit uh, longer, linear feel on that muffler. Again, both are slip-ons. You guys can simply go to your local KTM dealer and get a headpipe to match, and you will gain more mid to top end. We will try that headpipe here shortly, and I'll get some information out that to you guys. But some of you guys buy this factory edition and just slip on a FMF, and you guys go to town. But we're going to run this Akrapovic for a little while and then maybe do a little comparison later on with the FMF system as well. So overall, guys, it's a better factory edition. Every time we say these you know, these things, we talk about new bikes. Oh, it's a better bike. Well, this truly is a better machine with minimal changes. Look, you can do a lot with a motorcycle with revalving a bike. You can change its whole character. I'm not saying it's a completely different motorcycle, but it does handle a little bit better with these fork changes and those seal changes that KTMWP made. ECU is a little bit better. It's not drastically uh, changed. I would still probably put an ignition on mine just to give me more of a longer pull because I really enjoy that Jamie Vortex twisted map that he does. It really makes that bike easier and longer to pull. I love that. I love that thing. Gosh, I'm going to put that sucker in probably next week and try it just to see what the differences are between the stock ECU and the Vortex. But hey, I really enjoy this bike a lot. I kind of forgot about it for a little bit after the vet nationals, I was on to other bikes. And then I've, you know, I'm revisited today with it. And it's like finding an old flame. It's like that old chick you never forgot about, but you're like, wow, she was really good to me. Well, that's how I feel when I get back on a KTM, man. It's a, it's a great bike to ride. They've come a long way as a company. You guys know this and you guys know, I've been a big fan of that bike for, you know, at least at least a couple years. So, uh, so, yeah, so, oh, shit, we won $16,000. Hey, Heather, how about uh, a new factory edition? How's that sound? Ten grand, Expensive, I know. But if you guys do do some work to it and you like orange frames and you like looks, to me, it's hard to beat the factory edition look. It looks sexy. I love it. Little things like the DID rims um, and different colored hubs and the different colored nipples, those things like that, the, the front brake cover, All those little things add up when you're buying a standard bike and then you're going to go purchase all those things at an aftermarket retail store, a.k.a. Rocky Mountain. That's where you should buy it. But cool that that KTM offers a factory edition and lets us choose. Sometimes we get all caught up in the price. Yes, motorcycling is expensive. It's tough. But at least we have options, people. I like having options. Two strokes, KTM does it. Four strokes, KTM does it mid sized four-strokes, KTM does it. Off-road models, KTM does it. We should be thankful KTM is back in the consumer with what we want. A 350, fuck, that thing is fun. That thing is a fun bike to ride. And a lot of you guys out there don't need a 450 power. So it's nice to have options. KTM recognizes that, and they keep pushing the other manufacturers to get better. That's what KTM does. They forced Yamaha, the Japanese, the Honda, all these people out there going, hey, man, we need to get better because KTM is doing this. So kudos, KTM. I said about seven times kudos. Thank you, KTM, for designing a motorcycle that's friendly to ride, light. And honestly, let's talk about durability. I rode the shit out of my KTM 450SXF before the Vet National. I rode it at Vet National, and then I rode it after Vet National 70-some hours, no problems. I had one relay go out and one battery. That's what happened to my bike. Put a firepower battery in it, changed the relay, never had a problem, changed the oil with good oil, and, dude, I can go twenty almost 20 hours on a clutch. That's rare for me. I usually go anywhere from 10 to 14 hours on anything that I ride because I slip the clutch a lot. So KTM, great job. Said it 17 times. Go look at him. You go to KTM.com. If you have any questions about this by Kiefer, you always email me back. That's what I get. I will. I'll email you back. But give me some time. I'm very busy at times. I have a family. I don't want to get a divorce. I need to spend time with my kid. I don't need him lying to me and, and doing bad on his grades. So, look, give me some time. I'm happy to answer him for you. No other media outlet out there is answering your guys' questions on a personal basis. We do that out here because I feel like that's what you guys need. It's missing in our sport. It's expensive, just like we talked about. And if you guys go in blind, that's bullshit. You guys get bummed out. So let's not try to do that, but just give me some time. Chris at keferingtesting.com is the email to do that, and we will help you out. Of course, Heather at keferingtesting.com. Buy some hoodies, get some shirts. There is some new, ho- new hoodies up on my shop If You guys don't see what you what you like. Email Heather. We'll try to get out, something out to you, but go rep for us. We like it. Send us your photos over on keyferingtesting.com. We'll repost those suckers and we're just stoked to have you aboard on this train that we've been going on almost 3 years now. So, uh, a lot of things are in, are involved now. We got a lot more fingers. We got Pulp MX, we got this, we got Racer X online. We're trying to cover it out there for you guys and give you guys some laughs, some insight, and we even break off on motorcycles sometimes to talk about relationships. That's a great time, too. Go listen to Coffee with Keefers and, of course, After Dark. It's all there. We do it all over here. So thank you for listening. Support the advertisers on this show. It helps out. Trust me, it helps out. It helps out a lot. And uh, thank you guys for listening. I will see you next week. Off-road talk. That's right. Off-road life next week. See ya.